Hi, and welcome to another episode of It's Kind of Spooky. I'm your host, Charles Somerville, joined this week again by my sister, Katie Heiss. Uh, I do apologize. Hello. Yeah, we're just going to get some, like, housekeeping shit off the table. You haven't gotten an episode in a couple weeks because I've been dealing with the hurricane that happened in Houston. Uh, it kind of missed me, but it did fuck up my power and a lot of my stuff. And I actually um, corrupted one of the save files for an episode or two. That's the housekeeping bit of it. Uh, I'm fine. My apartment didn't get messed up or anything like that. It just I lost power and some save files on my computer. Uh, and I've than... been dealing with my own stuff anyway, so it's been yeah, kind of a Katie rough died. time to try and. Yeah, I died. I did twice actually. Um, so it's been it's been a bit. So I'm I'm kind of glad that we did we kind of took a brief hiatus from recording yeah. so we could deal with life. But yeah. Which we'll try and avoid uh, not having episodes to upload in the future. Oh, I thought you meant we'd try to avoid dealing with life, and I wholeheartedly agree. It's my least favorite thing about being alive is having to deal with bullshit. <laughs> Cars breaking down and natural disasters and things like that, so. But, uh, yeah, so with that, we'll try and do a little bit better, at least keeping you guys aware. I haven't got around to making the Instagram for the channel yet, but it's something that's on the books to do. I'm just lazy about it because I don't really use social media in general. But hey, that's not really the uh, topic of today's discussion. Today's discussion is UFOs. Yes. I'm so excited to get into this because I sat down and I was like, I'm just going to do a quick little outline so Charlie and I know what we're going to talk about. And then I looked up and it was two pages long and it was like a deep dive into like Project Blue Book and things like that. So I got, I um I knew more about this topic than I realized I knew um, when we started working on it and you'll have to forgive me if there's creaking and meowing in the background because my cat is losing his ever loving mind right now yeah so like that's one of the things um you never do a small outline <laughs> we have we have we have talked about doing smaller outlines for projects and it's not a thing because you do not do small outlines like you're like, oh, i know too much the research and then like no i'm just gonna go i know too much um i had the bad problem in college um I would be working on a research paper that needed to be like 13 pages. And so I would sit down and I always start with an outline because that helps me hit that page count and figure out like the structure and stuff. Uh, and I would get an outline that was like nine or 10 pages. And I was like, well, that's barely an outline at that point. That's just its own essay. So um, yeah, I only did that with one. No, I did it with two papers in college. Uh, when I took philosophy of race uh, and I did Dr. Out. Lawrence where. Yeah. He was great. And instead of having to do, um, like, I think it was, like, a nine-page paper or some shit like that for his final, I think I did 13 because I really liked to get out and it's essentially letting me do a commentary on a movie, uh, which is essentially what we're going to do this entire podcast on, more or less, is commentary on movies and other things. I'm going to talk about UFOs. And, again, I apologize in advance for my enthusiasm when it comes to this topic and for how much I didn't realize I knew about this topic until we started working on it. So, um, Charlie, what would you say, let's get it out of the gate. Do you believe in UFOs? So, here's the thing, is I believe in, okay, so the definition of UFO is unidentified flying right yes i i believe in those because yes like there are dozens of things that could be flying over our airspace that we don't know what they are uh, what do you think they it. are though i think they could be anywhere between uh legitimate top secret test weather balloons or like space and like not spacecraft but like experimental aircraft 
So the thing is, I do believe in aliens, but I don't believe in aliens in the sense of like uh, little gray men from Mars. I believe in aliens in the, uh, it is statistically impossible for uh, us to be the only intelligent life, whether or not that other intelligent life come to earth is like whatever, right? Because I, I just, in general, I think someone out there would have enough proof to just be like, hey, motherfuckers, here's enough scientific evidence to hardcore show that this thing exists. Because we're going to talk about, like, I don't think we we plan to mention it, but there's this thing called the Buffon Society. Uh, which, no, like, I don't have that on there. But hit Which me. dedicates its time to uh, investigating that shit. And I personally, I feel like it's a pyramid scheme. But they don't have anything. Well, so. and there's there's organizations like MUFON and stuff like that that are like investigator investigating it as well. Um, so I think there might be something to be said for the lack of evidence over however many years that we've been studying it. But on the other hand, I, I I kind of fall into the same thing as you do, where I believe it's statistically inevitable that aliens do exist. But every time I hear a story about an alien sighting, I'm like, well, that's bullshit. Like, I just dismiss it. Um, there are very they few that hit good. me. There are very they few that really sound. hit me and convince me, you know? Yeah, it's always, and like, part of it is I feel like, one, the kind of people who would look at it and be like, okay, I would believe it if you said it, are the kind of people who wouldn't say anything about it. So like, I don't want my credibility to be tarnished. And we're going to hit and, on like, that. They, yeah. And if they go to like the uh, authorities, the authorities call in whoever is responsible for that. And like, hey man, we will like pay you. We won't throw you into a mental facility if you just don't say shit. Okay. So, yeah. So for one, alien... Well, UFOs are a phenomena that go back, like, as long as writing, if not even longer. Like, as long as human civilization has existed, uh, there have been, like, weird crap floating in the sky and humans being like, don't know what that is, it's a UFO. Like, or making up a story. You kind of had the theory that um, uh, UFO sightings or something like that could be the root of or explain some ancient, like, religious beliefs or mythologies. Yeah, because, like, okay, so if aliens are real, right, that would explain a large amount, a large amount of, like, pantheonic religious, uh, religious systems, right? Like, so polytheistic religions. Because mm-hmm. um, you have space explorers come down who you would hope to God are, like, the smartest versions. Are, like, this, like they're smart, they're authoritative, they're, they're the capable members of their species. Like, I think of our astronauts, you would hope they would essentially be the versions of that for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just, like, some schmuck. So, like, imagine if they landed and they were just, like, they're immediately so much more technologically advanced. The only way humans are going to be able to interpret that is they're gods. Um, because even in, um, think about it like this. In Marvel's Avengers, uh, when Cap first meets Thor, uh, Black Widow says he's essentially a god. Which means they understand his physiology is ostensibly the same as a human's, but because he's not from Earth realm, he's from um, Asgard. His physiology is somehow different, so he like he's ostensibly a god because they don't fully understand what makes him different. I really love that you're using one made up thing to explain the existence of another made up thing. <laughs> like most religions. Fair enough. Um, but. This kind of, you got into the ancient aliens thing, and that brings up a very interesting topic. You and I rant about to each other, preaching to the choir, kind of, about how ancient aliens, as a concept, is it racist? I think it's, I think it's racist, or it's at least, like, 
Um, yeah, I think it's racist, if not at least racially problematic, because you're essentially saying that these ancient cultures uh, wouldn't have been able to achieve such technologically advanced feats for their time without outside intervention, like the Aztecs, Mayans, uh, Egyptians, I think some cultures in Asia. Yeah. They're all like, no, like they can't possibly have made these things uh, that are so technologically advanced because if you didn't know, Europe didn't have, a lot of Western Europe didn't have functioning infrastructure for cities and stuff like that. They essentially would, and like in Ireland is a good example of this, um, they would burn down a house, our ancestral house, and then build a fucking house on top of it. And all of their infrastructure was just like house, 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 house. Maybe we should make a run. Yeah. But like with uh, the Mayan and Aztec culture, it was like, okay, listen, if you want to build a building, you've got to run it by the city plans first. So it doesn't interfere with the road construction. Because road is how we run our marketplaces. It's how we like transport troops, how we transport vehicles, how we do everything. Um, and like, I think like most of Western Europe didn't have functioning um sewage systems or drainage systems until they were they encountered eastern asian uh country like asian countries and uh south american countries it's kind of this idea of like well these people who happen to not be white couldn't have possibly thought of these things on their own must have been outside intervention from some sort of crazy higher power or whatever and I, that always rubbed me the wrong way especially like with the pyramids because people are like well, aliens are the explanation for the existence of pyramids across continents because how else would they all have thought of the same thing? And I'm like, because it's one of the most efficient ways to stack bricks. Yeah. Like, how else like are you going to stack rocks in a way that's going to hold itself up? Like, it's it's a very basic and efficient. Little kids do it intuitively. Like, and on top of that, like the pyramids across cultures are essentially all they're all pyramids, but they don't look all the same. Like the pyramids in Egypt have a point at the top, and they're built yeah. for burial. And the East but Asian the, ones tend to be a lot taller and kind of stretched out, and then they don't taper until further up. Yeah, but then with uh, the South American pyramids, they're almost, they're square, all the, all their bricks are square, and they were meant for religious, uh, like, events. Yeah. So it's different intentions for the same shape, which means if they, if they were told unilaterally, oh, hey, this, this is what this is for, they would have just done it unilaterally across the board for the same thing. But all the There's same, nothing, you think. Because a car is a car is a car, right? Yeah. You can use a car to get to one place to another. Or like, think about it like this. You can do a lot of things in a church, but at the end of the day, a church is a church. Yeah. So, at, like, it's just the nature of it. If, it was, if they were told by one governing, like, alien body that this is what this is for, they all would have used it for that. But they didn't. They are all used for different shit. You'd think. Another interesting thing while we were on the topic of ancient aliens, I recently watched a, not even recently, honestly, I've seen this documentary going around where someone with kind of the ancient aliens logic was applying it to more modern times. And he was claiming that aliens must have leaked the information and invention of Wi-Fi, the computer algorithm, microelectrodes, thermoelectric generators, rockets and rocket propulsion and stem cell isolation. Uh, among other things, but specifically those things, um, he must have been leaked to us by aliens who already had that technology. And I was watching this and my jaw kind of went slack and Nathan's like, why is that funny or irritating to you? I can't tell what face that is. And it's because the things that he listed specifically were all invented by women in the last 120 years. Yeah, because like, and this is an issue that the UFO community kind of has. 
is people will use it as a good excuse for xenophobic, uh, anti-Semitic, generally racist, or sexist oh, yeah. viewpoints. Oh yeah, I like to play um, a game when I'm looking at a source for something alien-related and how far down the page before it gets anti-Semitic. So the it's... question I would pose to that guy is, I would get a list of technologically advanced for their time inventions that were made by men and be like, was this this guy or this aliens? Because if, he, if yeah. he equates all of those, or I would say like, if he does anything more than 50% uh, to them, like if he goes 60% was made by the men, I would say that guy is just hardcore being sexist. Because it's a because if he's the way he yeah yeah the way he just casually listed he was like Wi-Fi computer algorithms the microelectrode and I'm like okay cool that's Petty Lamar Ada Lovelace Ida Hyde (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and then like who does he equate Bluetooth to because Bluetooth was like Bluetooth is a huge technological advancement over time because everything is going wireless now but that was created by a man a Scandinavian man. But specifically um, Wi-Fi, he was like, had to have been aliens, but he didn't say anything about Bluetooth, but I'm like, Wi-Fi was Hedy Lamar. Yeah, you know? but, and you run into a bunch of things like- Well, I mean, and then there's also, yeah, yeah, the, like there, there we could get, get into the long list of women in history who have invented or helped develop awesome stuff who went unnoticed and uncredited. Like that would be a long episode. But my point was that he just happened to specifically list a bunch of things that off the top of my head, I was like, no, women created those. That wasn't aliens. But so in this guy's mind, it's more, if he had looked into who actually made those technologies, what it comes off as is it's more believable to him that aliens gave us these things than a woman came up with an idea. So that's how that one rubbed me the wrong way. But we're also assuming the schmuck even looked into it. Yeah, assuming he even looked into it, he might have just been like, hey, here's a handful of really impressive technologies, and I don't think anybody's capable of coming up with these things, therefore aliens, which is bad science. But also considering that he was like 10 out of 10 all women inventions doesn't help his case either. Yeah, but that was all bad science. I'm going to get into some what starts off as well-intended good science. It's weird. It it is weird science, Q. Did you, I was going to say, you better not have missed that reference. No, I caught the reference. I was hoping eventually you get to stretch your editing muscles and uh, cue up the music there. Uh, is that Oingo Boingo? I Am I pulling know. this I'm out of nowhere? It's fine. I'll have to look into it and see how much of the song I can use for it to go in. Because I don't know if anyone else caught it. I fucking hope you did for the Cryptids episode. I don't know how they could have helped but catch it in the Cryptids episode with the John Cena music beating us over the head. It like blew my earphones out of my ears. It was so loud. <laughs> You're the worst. Oh, so happy about that. Yeah, I could have fixed that, but I decided not to. No, it. I mean, it worked. It was effective. Good job. But... We're talking about you, Charlie. You were, you were having a me day. Normally, I'm the one who can't stay on topic, and today it's you. Um, I am drinking. Good for you. So while we're talking about research and people who are looking into the effects of aliens, specifically, this episode is supposed to be about UFOs as a phenomena, and um, the U.S. government has tried to study UFOs as a phenomena since the UFO started making the news, basically, in the early uh, 20th century. Um, and so we're going to talk about a little bit about Project Blue Book and J. Allen Hynek. Uh, do you know what Project Blue Book is? Yeah, so Project Blue Book was the American government's attempt to either explain away or to investigate uh, UFO sightings as 
one potential activity from um, UF, extraterrestrial life or see if they're actually being invaded by uh, communistic parties or foreign. Uh, so, yeah, basically it was made to take all these instances of UFO sightings that were getting reported and file the, like, sort them, be like, this one's bullshit, this one can't be explained, this one's bullshit, that one can't be explained. And the one of the top researchers behind it was a man named J. Allen Hynek, and he started off as a total skeptic. And it was those very few in like the nine years that it existed. I think it was nine years. It was the very few cases that he couldn't find an explanation for. Like it was aircraft that we haven't identified. It was us, like our aircraft that we just haven't owned up to. Swamp gas, those kinds of things. For all of those that he had an explanation for, there were one or two that he couldn't explain. And for every exception to the explanation, he had to become convinced that there was something else at play. Wasn't um, Mulder uh, loosely um, based on it? I, I wouldn't X-Files? know. We should do an episode on the X-Files. We should. But just, okay, so if you guys are wondering who uh, Heineck is, he is the large penis hero who is responsible for getting you any form of credit or reliability in the scientific field because he attacked all of this under the scientific method of observation testing and then re-evaluating your hypothesis. And he focused on UFOs as a phenomena without the assumption, like separating it from the assumption that UFO equals aliens. Yeah, his thing was like, it could be anything, but we it need could to be be anything. It Exactly. And so because that's how he approached it, he he was able to explain like so much of what was reported to him. But the few that he couldn't explain, he was like, you know, that old Sherlock Holmes logic of like, well, if you can't find an explanation, then the one thing that's left, no matter how improbable, must be the case. And that was a really bad paraphrase. I apologize. Um, that. Yeah, he, it was the gist. Whatever. I think jizz um, sounds too much like jizz. You think I'm that. Like, you can keep thinking really, like, that. a really thick accent, it can be like, that's the jizz. That's the jizz. It's the jizz of it. Okay. <laughs> Well, there's your title for the episode, Charlie. It's the jizz of it. <laughs> That's the no, jizz of it. I, so I had this thought. I wanted to start making like shirts, not for like, we don't, we're not effective enough to have an audience to sell stuff to. I want shirts for us, and I want a shirt that says it's the jizz of it. <laughs> or I actually, because I really like mugs, and I want to start collecting mugs. So if yes. you guys want to send us anything, send me a mug. I want I a, collect a black too. mug that's just white that says it's the jizz of it. <laughs> I collect mugs too, but please, if you send me a mug that says that's the jizz of it, I don't know how my husband's going to feel about it, but <laughs> he'd probably want it for himself. Just all black, matte black, and when it keeps up in white letters, it's the jizz of it. And they have to be in like the ooky, spooky, drippy letters. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the only effective way to do it. Okay, back on topic. Okay. Uh, we haven't talked to each other in like two weeks like had a real conversation in like two weeks and i missed you buddy (laughs) Um, i missed you too oh anyway so heineck do not flip me up wow both fingers flipping me off wow (laughs) um so j allen heineck um I love you too. Dove into um, researching UFOs and he slowly but surely became convinced that maybe some of these could be something we can't explain. And he developed in his book, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry, he developed what we would call the, the close encounter scale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A level one close encounter is a visual sighting of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 feet away. The closer, the better, the clearer, the better, the more witnesses, the better. But that's a one. Like, we just saw it, okay? Yeah. And that's just scientifically where he's starting to classify any sort of UFO. Yeah, because of the first step of like, or like the second-ish step of the scientific method. Observation. Like observation. You have, because you have to see something to happen to think it, it can even happen sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. A close encounter of the second kind is a UFO event in which physical effect is alleged, such as interference in functioning of electronic devices, animals reacting, or physiological responses in the observer. This is alleged because this is you're getting into that other part of the scientific process, which is measuring. It's like looking mm -hmm. for evidence and measuring. And so if, if a physical reaction is alleged, that's something you can measure. You can say, that person got a sunburn or radiation poisoning or that dog started barking. Like, objectively, you can say that dog started barking, you know. There's, or the TV fried or other, like, electromagnetic issues. It landed in a field and left tracks. Those tracks are something measurable and researchable. And then from there, Heineck could go... So, uh, sorry, this reminds me of the uh, British crop circles where it was just these two guys who went out with, like, this piece of wood and the uh, scientific community couldn't figure out how they're making these abstract shapes. So like, no, it has to be aliens. And then they went out, showed them like the thing, and they're like, give us like three hours. They came back, did it, and they're like, okay, go up in a helicopter and look. They went, it was perfect match to the drawing they did, and it just pissed off the scientific community so much because they couldn't fathom how just two drunken idiots could do this. Well, and that's my favorite thing. Never underestimate the ability of drunken idiots to figure things out. Right. Do you know how many like plans to start podcasts, bars, restaurants have happened during drunken conversations? Charlie, this is the product of one such conversation, <laughs> if you'll recall. But yes, so so a, a close encounter of the second kind is something that leaves some sort of physical trace that Heineck presumably could take and measure and analyze and find evidence for or against. Like he could look at it and be like, no, someone else made that crop circle. No, your dog didn't start barking. You like misremembered that or something like that. Um, like it's not radiation poisoning. You have a sunburn, those kinds of, which I guess, but yes, anyway. <laughs> Yes, technically be a, a sunburn is a, is a low-grade radiation burn. I know. I was like, UV radiation. I knew exactly where you were going with that. Because uh, <laughs> I watched a documentary on Superman earlier where it's like, is, is it red light radiation? Is it uh, yellow sun radiation? Or is it just UV radiation that makes him strong? Because if that's the case, if you just put him in a, in like a greenhouse, like an indoor greenhouse, would he just get super strong? He would. It's Superman. We have all sorts of questions. Uh, small sidebar, but guys, didn't you miss us? Um, last weekend, our oldest nephew stayed with us, and Nathan and he had a solid hour-long debate about who would win in a fight, Superman or Wolverine. Man, honestly... I, I wasn't asking for your opinion. I'm just letting you know. I had to listen to it for an hour. <laughs> I, uh, man, I think Superman, just because Wol he could fly Wolverine into the sun. Right. Like... Wolverine is objectively one of my favorite comic book heroes, but even then, I have to understand when he's outmatched. Because unless he knows what can kill Superman, he's not going to be able to just, like, go for it. Yeah, they Maybe got into away, the logistics of, did, did Superman have time to plan? Like, did, did, did Wolverine, Wolverine have time know, to plan? Did Wolverine get to drop know what on can Superman? kill Superman? Yeah, they, they got into all of it, and I'm not telling you that so we can get into it, because that's a different part. But 
Um, but that happened. Anyway, so uh, but so far, Heineck has been kind of approaching these things from a scientific objective standpoint. Nowhere has he assumed the existence of aliens or assumed what it is that's causing it. He's just classifying what type of event it was. A close encounter of the third kind is an encounter with an animated entity, i.e. humanoid, robot, or other occupant of the craft. This is where it starts to veer a little bit for me because you're assuming that the UFO is a craft. You're assuming that it's not just a flying object, but that it's a vehicle, which is something that the U.S. government recently also did. One of yeah, their releases. The Navy, the Navy released a uh, thing like, oh, a bunch of our pilots are saying they saw shit, and we can't just say it's a mirage or altitude sensing. But I mean, like, I, so here is where I would make a compromise to that. Let's assume it's an unmanned drone, because assuming aliens would have drone technology. If the drone sends out, like, a hologram or talks to you, I would qualify that, that as a third, as a as a third kind, you know, because you communicated with it or some shit like that. But it's still operating under the assumption that these things are being piloted somehow, some way, and like there, also, there's still back a certain then, they assumption. They didn't have drone technology, so yeah. there's the assumption that it's not just a um, unmanned vehicle. Yeah. So Which is um, what I would but, send. but I would say it's still pretty soundly on the tracks. It's just yeah, this, it's like, not. bend in the tracks, right? He, he took a left turn, but he's straightening back out. Okay, and then comes Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, introduced by Jacques Vallée. And these are cases when witnesses experience a transformation of their sense of reality. Leave it to the Frenchman to talk about getting high. I don't know if Jacques Vallée was French. Was Jacques Vallée French? The name says it, it all, but, it, like... I mean, he's either that I'm or I'm not about Canadian. to make an assumption. I'll edit it out if it's offensive. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Jacques Vallée was like, uh, but there's this fourth kind where uh, people experience a UFO interaction and then their sense of reality gets all wonky. And to me, this is phenomenal, like, hidden, uh, not hidden company. That's the name of my books. Um, uh, high strangeness. You couldn't, you couldn't not go an episode about plugging your books. Pl- plugged my books once yet. I know. So, I'm just giving you shit. No, high strangeness, uh, um, which is that idea of like the men in black phenomena or like mm-hmm. uh, things just going wrong, like physics not working correctly, people behaving really strangely. Think of like an episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin like, Peaks. Twin um, Peaks is like high strangeness to me. Or um, um, Eureka. Kind of, kind of Eureka, a little bit. But I like, like okay, show. so if you're kind of trying to figure out what this is, uh, think of a super, super, if you never watched Twin Peaks, you're, you should, it's really good, it's not in many episodes, but you should watch it. Uh, think of it like a super strong disassociative moment, where you like, you're not quite there, gravity doesn't quite feel real, nothing, none of your interactions quite feel real. It's a super bad, uh, or super intense disassociative moment, or just instances of being like, oh, that's never happened before, why is this happening? And it happens directly after or proceeds immediately before the UFO event. Yeah. So this one's interesting to me because it's still kind of on the tracks. I suppose that you could objectively say you're not saying for sure it was an alien or for sure what it was. You are just saying that the interaction with whatever it was caused some sort of psychic meltdown. Um, which is interesting and definitely worth documenting, but it gets a little wooey-woo and a little hard to quantify. Hard to quantify. Yeah, exactly. How do you measure 
if someone's having a bad trip. And like, what you if know? they also have had a history of disassociative moments? Because then you have to be like, hey, on a scale of one to ten, how weird was this? Yeah. And well, and history- also, it's you're you're bringing up like their psychiatric or psychiatric history, but the question is, um. Does that preclude someone from having an experience with the UFO? Yeah, because, like, say you have someone who has, like, um, so here's a real world example, like the very easy example to give. Say you have someone who has schizophrenic hallucinations, say they get mugged or some shit. Uh, you can easily say they had a schizophrenic hallucination and they beat themselves up, or like they threw away their wallet or whatever. Um, but it, does that mean it's not worth investigating because the person has a history of schizophrenic hallucinations? The correct answer is I will look into it and I will stop looking into it when I can no longer prove that they were not attacked or that they were attacked. Now you take that analogy a step further. You take that same schizophrenic person with a history of schizophrenic episodes and then they're the witness to a UFO event. Yeah. Does that My preclude question. that UFO event from being legit? My question would be the following. Um, when was the last time you took your medication? When was the last time you talked to your psychiatrist? Uh, XYZ to make sure to essentially, well, I understand these questions would upset them and would annoy them. These are questions that would need to be asked to make sure and credit them. Be like, oh, hey, I reached out to their psychiatrist. They haven't taken their meds on the regular. They haven't seen them on the regular. And they've never had a hallucination that featured the UFO. Because typically, schizophrenic hallucinations kind of follow a pattern and a theme. Yay, psychology degree. But this is an interesting rabbit hole to get down. And we can, because it's our show. Fuck you. Uh, because, so we're talking about someone with a history of, of psychiatric yeah. behavior. Okay? But, uh, like, our behavior that is interesting in a psychiatric way. Um, but as my husband reminds me every now and then, um, and I'm sure he means this in like a, this is just an interesting thought to have, but I always kind of take it as a warning. Everybody has to have that first episode. Yeah, and, and <laughs> so, typically presents itself in the person's late teens or 20s. Yeah. Um, so like it could be their first event or it could just be a psychotic break. It could be any number of it, mental illness bad things. Days. Maybe, maybe your bad day is in like not even a, a break or anything, but it's just a weird disassociative moment. And you yeah. have high strangeness, and then you know, so so with the Jacques Vallée, it's very interesting. It's just not that easy to measure. It's not very so scientific. It's it doesn't feel it very scientific when you start looking at it from like what's actually quantifiable about yeah, high strangeness and it doesn't have a, or and it doesn't like have a a, an altered sense of reality you know yeah and it doesn't have a very solid or concrete definition which is what you need when you try and no, quantify I read you something the definition. And, yeah i know and that's what i'm saying is like when you when you typically you approach a study and science you have to have a such a broad definition of what the thing could be that anyone could walk in observe it and quantify it as such a thing like how would you describe a sneeze like you need to have such a broad definition of a sneeze so that anyone could go in and say the full on full body achoo is a sneeze but then like the little like small one that some people have or something that i just get. did yeah are you calling me out for sneezing during the podcast no i'm just saying that's that's the example i was used i used it yeah um so but but it's still kind of there. It's still an interesting scientific idea because it's it, just because it's not measurable doesn't mean it's something that the scientific community should ignore. Yeah, because some some theories and some shit like that is so hard to quantify and fully measure that you can't use that guideline. 
but it's still worth exploring because it is a funnel. And then we get to close encounters of the fifth kind, which are direct communication. This was mm -hmm. added by Stephen M. Greer's. I know nothing about him. Um, I kind of avoid learning much about these guys because, again, you never know how far down the rabbit hole you're going to get before you're like, this person sounds reasonable. Two lines later, they say something really fucked up. And then you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's the scary part. So I don't know anything that. about him, but I know that he introduced uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is direct communication. This is where it starts to get off the rails. And I'm sorry, I just did the clappy point made motion in front of my mic so uh you. no i was just apologizing to you my sound editor for having to fix that later i um, barely got it but uh it, this is where it gets wonky to me because it's like you're assuming that there's something in the ufo with which to communicate because you made the point earlier what if it's some sort of drone unidentified flying object well then yeah. this assumption of like type five would negate the idea that there's nothing there to communicate with. Well, I mean, again, whether it's a whether it's an unmanned uh, aircraft that can talk to you, that's a speaker system. Because, like, the U.S. military, uh, under no secret regards, is looking at ground-based on our unmanned vehicles for riot control that can speak. Like, that's cool. have, like, so it's just like they have a giant megaphone and shit like that. Like, it could just be one of those. Again, we're assuming this is such a technologically advanced race that they can run across the fucking universe uh, or the galaxy in however long it takes them to do that. So having, and sending an unmanned vehicle like a, like the Mars rover isn't a bad idea. This is, to me, operating under the assumption that there's something to communicate with. And then you get type 6, which is the death of a human or animal associated with the sighting. But to me, isn't, isn't that just a type 2? Is it yes, that I, just the I, physical I effect? I would just say that's a type two, but they played it up for publicity. Yeah. Uh, because then, like, oh, hey, like, your neighbor who is 98 died, who could have died of anything uh, during that time frame. You can be like, oh, it's the UFO, it's the aliens, and not massive cardiac failure. It's a type six and not, a, and then where do you draw the line, Charlie? Maybe the alien caused. But again, yeah. we, hey, look, we and use the word to... alien because that assumption yeah. has been made. And there's another issue with the fucking uh, whole scientific part of this, is it's using a secondary term that can be explained by the primary first three terms. So I would just throw number six out, to be honest. So you throw number you can... six out, and then you get to yeah. seven, which is the creation. This is, this is not something Hynek came up with. This was something other people added later to the Close Encounter scale. The creation of hybrids between aliens and humans. It's the first time the word alien is actually like used explicitly in this scale. But there you go. You are officially off the rails. You have made the assumption about the cause of a phenomena. You have said we are assuming UFOs are extraterrestrials. Yeah, which I would I would throw out six too, because that's you are assuming the conclusion to your hypothesis that they are extraterrestrial, that they are aliens, yeah. and that they are breeding. Which again it's would like, fall into a number two because I'm um, last time I last time I checked pregnancy is a, like pregnancy and sex is a physical event. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, um and those are measurable, so they fall under number two anyway, right? Yeah, uh, so but six and this seven one go out. It explicitly mentions aliens, and so to me I'm like, oh, there it is. We finally like, got You also could have said you right. could have said passenger, you could have said operator, 
Because what if it's a German spycraft or a Russian spycraft or whatever the yes. fuck? Okay, so it's it's a German spycraft that's an unidentified flying object, and the German pilot gets out and like meets the local farmer's daughter. They get it on and they have a kid. Is that a Type Seven or is that just Type Two? Is it a hybrid? Is it the Ubermensch? I don't, I mean, that's up to you. That Then you get into all sorts of eugenics, which is weird because it's kind of the direction these things want to go, isn't it? Right. See, here's the thing that always fucks me up, is I play a lot of Pokemon, uh, to surprise to no one. Uh, and Pokemon is ostensibly about eugenics. And no one wants to talk about it but me. And anytime I bring it up, people get super uncomfortable. Can you imagine that the Pokemon crowd isn't ready to hear about how... <laughs> they talk about it all the time about how you need to breed the Pokemon to create the perfect battle mom, the bat perfect battling team. And I'm just like, that's eugenics, man. You're a Nazi. They never I mean, yeah, no one like wants to hear that, although it's definitely necessary to it's shout at some people. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, so, so that's the, like, the gist of Project Blue Book. And then J. Allen Hynek's scale, which was then taken off the rails by people who have an agenda of saying specifically UFO equals alien, when it doesn't yeah. necessarily. It so, could just be unexplained. So, so back to that being, J. Allen Hynek is the large penis trench coat or lab coat wearing hero who tried to give the UFO community a scientific gauge to measure things. And then these other Did they do? Together. They went, no. <laughs> no. I don't want it. No. No. It, no. It, no. Um, actually, I don't want it. No. And actually, <laughs> Kathy Kirk has been in I've never seen Star Trek, so I don't have a premium room. Oh my god. Charlie. What? I've never. I don't no. even know why I'm surprised. Yeah, there's so much media that I have. I haven't watched The Office. I haven't watched Friends. I haven't watched Parks and Recs. I'm not missing anything I, with Friends. I said it, people. I said it. Friends is over. I, I don't like sit. I don't like sitcoms. I apologize. I just, I inherently don't like sitcoms. I watched the Chris Pratt bloopers from Parks and Recs and that's it. Uh, but I just don't like sitcoms. Well, that's fine because if you were older, I would suggest that Nick Offerman play you in real life. Like in the, the movie version of your life. Yeah, I actually need to reevaluate my diet because like I actually went out and got grocery, went grocery shopping, and I got fruit and vegetables and got like a little bit of meat and made sure that everything I made was green. I say that as I am eating a triple meat burrito um, and drinking vodka and uh, Red Bull. Well, okay, so Charlie, I was thinking, how do we make this discussion about now that we are talking about UFO sightings in conjunction with alien phenomena? How do I make this more interesting for you? Oh, man. It's time for a pop quiz. I was going to say, can we play a first-person shooter? <laughs> and, um, Alien colonial be... marines. Uh, destroy all humans. Yeah, oh, destroy all humans. got a remake, and I'm I so know. excited. So I'm going to buy that shit, and I'm going to play that shit, and I'm going to run that shit. Because um, that was one of my favorite games growing up, and I got a remake, and they didn't just do like the stupid thing where they kind of like to make the graphics better. They actually added new story beats to it, and I'm so excited. You guys can't see because it's an audio format, but uh, he his face just lit up like a Christmas tree. He got I love so destroy happy. Humans. Oh, it was man. my shit when I was in like no, I was like in middle, middle school. school. Yeah. Like, Playing that shit. Yeah. I would argue way too young to be playing a game called Oh Destroy fuck yeah, no, man. Like the uh farm girl who has an orgasm will be beamed up in Crypto's uh um flying saucer. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was old. I here's the sad thing is I knew what that was going into it. And I was just like, yeah, you ponder that. You you just let that eat your life. Okay, we're gonna do a pop quiz, Charlie. Hit me. I'm going to tell or ask you about a specific alien or UFO occurrence, and I want you to tell me everything you know about them. <laughs> okay. 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 Let's start with the OG American alien occurrence, Kenneth Arnold and the Foo Fighters. So Kenneth Arnold was a Air Force pilot, I want to say back in 1942? Seven. But you're in the right decade, and I'm going to give you credit for that, because normally you think everything happened in the 60s. Yep. Actually, I I really want a, uh, I, I want a shirt that says everything happened in 1965. We're working on it. We'll just put it on the March list. God, honestly, dude, I don't even care if other people buy this shit. I have to buy it. Okay. That's the gist of it. Mine, everything happens in 1965 and uh, off the rails. Kenneth um, Arnold, Charlie. What so was Kenneth up with Arnold that? was an Air Force fighter pilot uh, in 1947 who uh, he was doing a flight across the continental United States, if I'm not mistaken. And he saw something that he couldn't identify readily. And the term they had for shit like this back in World War One, World War Two, was Foo Fighters, uh, which I can't honestly tell you why it was called Foo Fighters. All I know is they're a rock and band. And he landed, and he told the story about it, and he was almost immediately discredited by the United States government and being like, it's a mirage, it's altitude sickness, it's X, Y, Z. But this dude is a seasoned pilot at this point, so I severely doubt, and test pilot, so I severely doubt that he was seeing shit. Unless, like, the, whatever he was flying was leaking gas into his fucking cockpit, which is a whole other issue. But, like, that's one of the earliest indications of um, a service member seeing shit over, I think, the continental the United States and the United States government being like, you didn't see shit. Okay. Like, that's the official story. He's also where we get, or the kind of the beginning of the quote was, it was flat like a pie plan, thus giving yeah. us the flying saucer. Saucer. Yeah. Because, like, keep in mind, Ken Arnold, um, you can't tell him. Flat like a pie pan, dude from the Midwest. Yeah, by the time he passed away, he was so fucking sick of talking about this. <laughs> yeah, it's like more in cherry pie. Like, actual fun fact: if you never listen, if you know the song "She's My Cherry Pie" or "Cherry Pie" by Warrant, there's a song they threw together in like five minutes before they had to go on the show, like go on the road for a show. Um, and they hated it so much because it's their most popular song. But it totally just, but they spent like five minutes working opposed to like however many days or hours they spent working on the episode. Yeah. And they, it became their most popular thing and they absolutely hate it. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie, what's up with Area 51? Area 51, 1942. 47 again. 47. Or, well, Ros- Roswell was 47. I don't know what year Area 51 was like open okay. or whatever. Area 51 is the test site, is the official test site of secret, uh, of like new top secret experimental aircraft for the Air Force and mm-hmm. uh, the United States government. It is supposedly where they house alien, alien spacecrafts, um, shit like that, really. Uh, realistically, I doubt it because everyone knows where the fuck it is and what it is and how to get to it, and it's right next to a town. So I severely doubt that's the case. Uh, yeah. But that's, and like, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it because it's like the raid or the one, which is objectively a bad idea. Because I know for a fact, if you try to raid a military installation and it actually seems hostile, a lot of those guards there are actually given the order to shoot to kill. So I wouldn't fuck with it. 
Thank you for warning all of our Gen Z listeners, all three of them. No amount of Naruto running will save you from a 50 caliber <laughs> bullet. Oh, I'm saying. Like, five, five, six runs. Like, every soldier has a 30 round mag and they all run faster than you do. Okay. And I agree with you about Area 51. It's like America's worst kept secret, aside from the giant pedophile rings. Um, like, if they're willing to let us openly talk about Area 51 being where they keep all their secret shit, their secret shit is somewhere else and they're happy oh, to have yeah. us distracted and think it's. I know for a fact their secret shit is somewhere else. I just don't know the name of the base. Yeah. Like, I've been told about it. It would I be dumb to keep it all in it. one place, but having said that out loud, I realize that the words U.S. government and it would be dumb kind of work in the same sentence together, so... Right, we have a Dorito as our president. What you gonna do? Um, <laughs> um, so, Charlie, tell me about Roswell, which is what you started to talk about. Roswell, New Mexico, is most famous for the weather balloon uh, crash that happened back in 1945? 47! Same year as Kennedy, around. but you're in the right decade, and I'm so proud you of you. You told me that, that too. You I did, that like too. two minutes ago. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so, a weather balloon crash there caused a huge hullabaloo because there's nothing fucking out in Roswell, New Mexico. Except for meth. Um, people, and I don't even yeah. know if there was meth back then. Meth came out, meth was a direct product of the Blitzkrieg in World War II, so potentially. 47? It would have. It would have had to move pretty quick, but you never know. Project Paperclip. You think Paperclip brought meth over? It brought Nazis. I don't. I. I don't know if the government got into like giving out drugs for the purpose of undermining entire populations until the set late seventies or eighties. Were they doing that already? I well, I guess they did kind of get into the LSD. Damn, I've I've contradicted myself because we. Yeah, okay. Medics used to be given up until I think the Gulf War. Medics were given morphine packs to carry around just on them. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I I meant as far as like the general public, like the U.S. government using drugs. Yeah, but I, I as I talked about it, I was like, no, no, they've been yeah. at it for a while. Anyway, yeah. Ross so was. with that, and it created this huge thing because a lot of people like when they saw it crashing, or the night before they saw it crashing, they're like, "There's no fucking way that was a weather. Like, there's no fucking way they saw like a certain shape or X Y Z." And they're like, "No, there's no fucking way." And they covered it up with the like the lamest thing. They could have honestly just taken a plane they were getting ready to decommission, crash that shit into the desert, and then like it was this. And people would have bought that. But then they put an immediate gag order on the entire thing. And so we'll never have an official answer. Well, I mean we have an official answer, we'll but we'll have never have a, a satisfying answer. answer. Because literally, I think if if you would have let photographers just go, like all the photographers just go to the crash site of a plane, they would have been like and like get a cadaver from like the base morgue of someone who died and he's like it was a test pilot it was a pilot who 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 crashed and died and that probably would have gotten people to fuck off did you hear the the theory that it was like um russian like yeah. citizens yeah um so yeah. that one's anything anything would have been better than a weather balloon mm -hmm. so what we're getting out of this conversation is i would be a better spin doctor than most of the fucking yeah you've spent a lot of time thinking how you would lie about these things more convincingly <laughs> i'm not wrong um also, Charlie, it could have been the green lantern ship tell me about rendlesham forest rendlesham rendlesham <laughs> forest is a um it was it's a retired uh it was a u.s military base now i think it's just a, a british military base yeah it used to be mm -hmm. uh u.s air force now it's raf 
Yeah, in, in England. Um, specifically after World War II, I believe. Um, 1980. 1980? Well, it's after World War II. That's what well, I yeah, after World War II, it became a U.S. Army ba- base or Air Force base, but the incident in question isn't from the 1980s. Yeah, I'm just saying it was whatever, I'm not getting into it with you, you don't matter. Uh, uh, I'm reclaiming my time. Uh, that man's a big dick hero, I'm gonna say. Literally just said, like, did you not watch that with the, I think it was the Senate, uh, he was trying, he was essentially defending Black Lives Matter, and he's like, I will yield my time to anyone on the, uh, conservative side of the house who can unequivocally say, without anything else, Black Lives Matter. And whoever it was, like, would say, I would say, all lives matter. He's, like, reclaiming my time. And oh, anytime so... I'm able to go do that, he was, like, reclaiming my time. Okay. Um, I, was, I thought hero. you were doing the Auntie Maxine thing. No. Maxine Auntie. Waters. No, because when, when in the Senate or Congress, whatever the fuck. I know how it works. I do. Political science was my minor. So. Um, minor. Use me with my not two degrees. <laughs> Your excuse. Um <laughs> Yeah, Booker, he's getting saucy. Did you hear him that <laughs> time? Okay. Uh, okay. But no, so Rivers from Forest was a uh, event mm-hmm. that happened in, 19, in the 1980s where a series of high-ranking or well-respected uh, U.S. Air Force uh, so, uh, members. Are you okay? You don't see your shit over there. Booker sitting next to me just howling. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you, you're going to have to cut this part. Booker's just it, sitting so next to me. Saw a a light run across like the base over to the forest, hover and land. So these guys, and this is like I want to say it's towards Christmas. It's when no one should really be yes. like fucking around on yep. base. It's Christmas, and and they're all just like, that's not right. Before we before we raise the alarm and call the colonel or whoever the fuck, let's just go see what the fuck this is because the MPs are all busy dicking with drunken uh, American soldiers or American airmen and, and British airmen. Let's just go see what this is. It's probably nothing. Uh, let's just, like, check it out. So they all go check it out. They get in a Jeep. They go. And they're all kind of pondering, like, what could this possibly be? And I think all of them have, like, a pistol. It's, like, the worst-case scenario. Um, they go out there. I, one of them, I think it was a major, um, went, goes out, checks it out, uh, sees a bunch of hieroglyphics on the spacecraft. He actually encounters a spacecraft, touches it, expects it, all that shit, walks back out. And to him, it's been like 30 minutes. To them, it's been like two hours. So he lost time. And they all go back. And like on the car ride, he's like, okay, cool. We're going to call the major. We're not going to raise an alarm, but we're going to call the major. And you guys are not going to say shit. You guys are just going to say you saw lights. I'm going to tell him I saw you before. Which is one, a, a good move on his part. Because he's just like, I don't want my guys' careers to be forever sold. Uh, by saying they saw you above. And then what do they all do? They all say they saw you above. Yeah, and then this is probably one of the most credible things because this segment from forest potentially house nuclear weapons. So these are people who are in charge of a base that holds the most casualty-producing weapon that the United States military had, and they were entrusted with that. So these are people who have reliable reputations of being like straight shooting guys, and they're all like, "We saw a fucking UFO. We don't know what the fuck it is. Like we don't. We're not saying it's aliens. We still don't know what the fuck this thing is." And if you listen to the recordings of the major who talked, I think he was the major again. He's the most boring sounding dude ever. They, yeah, in the recordings from the night of the investigation, they're so interesting to listen to because they're, it's just like a bunch of military guys going, 
what's that? What's that? Like, like they're just reacting in the moment in the way a human would react to like having to document so, stuff. But they're so calm about it. They're just like, this could be, it's not hostile, obviously, otherwise we would have gotten blown up. But like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Yeah. So uh, Rendlesham is an interesting one to me because so many of the witnesses, so many of the witnesses, I'm not going to say all because there are several people who've like inserted themselves into the narrative. Yeah. Uh, who are a little sketchy sketch, but um, most of them are really reliable and the last people you would want to think would lie about this kind of thing. Yeah, the people who have their hand on the big red button. Yeah. Charlie, what's up with the Phoenix Lights? So the Phoenix Lights were an event that happened, and I want to say 1950s out in Phoenix. What is it? 97. 97? You was a oh. baby. Oh, yeah, I was one year old, wasn't I? Um, yeah. So they happened out in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, New Mexico. Oh, when do you think that the, like, camcorder was invented? Because one of the big things about the Phoenix Light was, was that everybody recorded it on, like, VHS and camcorders. I don't. With the stories, I haven't seen the footage. You haven't? Oh, no. I highly recommend it. They're compelling. I have better things to do with my time than watch alien footage. Do you have any idea how much hentai is on my fucking laptop? <laughs> what was it we were talking about before we started recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a problem, Charlie. You need to address this. Anyway. Uh, oh, but God, no. So, um, Phoenix Lights, they saw a literal triangle, like, the flying V from fucking uh, Mighty Ducks, but flying overhead, bunch of lights that don't make any fucking sense. Um, the and there's a bunch of people who saw it, like a bunch of motherfuckers saw it, and the official, including the mayor, the I don't remember. It, the governor is the asshole governor. one who turned around and was like, "Y'all are full of shit." Yeah, the and governor. Made fun of everybody. Yeah, the governor. Um, but. Uh, the official American story, official story from the U.S. government was that it was a Aten Warthog, uh, which is a big gun, big fuck off gunship that the American Air Force and military and Army have access to. Uh, I, I, like I'm not kidding when I say big fuck off. The thing has huge ass guns on it. Um, if you ever play Call of Duty when it says A10, that's what you're calling. Is that that was flying over? Uh, and again, this is another example of the U.S. government not spinning this shit because you could have said, "Oh, hey." So we were flying an experimental test, or like we were flying this thing out to do a mission, X, Y, Z. And the reason why it looks weird is when you have the lights, like we were using non-civilian familiar light patterns on it uh, that we typically use in uh, combat zones. And that's why it didn't look familiar. Or you could have been like, oh, like, so yes, we were flying that A-10 Warthog, but we were also flying an experimental aircraft. And that's the lights you saw. It was escorting that aircraft. Yeah. Like, they like, could have done that. It was escorting a foreign aircraft out of our airspace. Yeah. Which would have made more sense because no American citizen is going to be familiar with, like, let's say, a uh, South American uh, or a Canadian uh, aircraft. Yeah. So, to me, the punchline about the Phoenix Lights, and I remember, like, I was three. Yeah, that's how math works. I was three when these happened, and I remembered, like, watching the footage and stuff uh, growing up. And the funniest thing and the thing that stuck out to me was how the governor, uh, whose name was Fife Symington III, which is not a human name. He's the alien, right? That's rough, man. That's no. The... So, Fife Symington III, like, that is someone who, like, never had a chance. 
Like, he never had a chance to be normal. No. It, it was government work or getting locked in an attic. Those were his options. Yeah, bro. Like, you're... It's the same thing that gets you, like, locked in your house to the point where you live in the walls. Like, yeah. As... So, the governor, Fife Simington III, brings... Uh, he brought one of his, like, aides out on stage dressed up as an alien during a press conference and was like, hey, we found who did it, da-da-da-da-da. It was, like, a total dick about it, and... I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, that's that's great government. Good job. I totally trust you guys to tell me the truth. You're being so facetious, you yeah, dicks. So, I want to say there was a congresswoman who wanted to know what the actual fuck was going on. And they made fun of her so much that I think she legitimately like, almost resigned from office. I would have to look into this more to give an actual story. But again, that is another big dick hero who um, is like actually trying to get people answers. And of course, we could get into abductions as a phenomena, probably at a later date, like deep dive into mm-hmm. those, uh, because there's so many and there's so many possible explanations. But I do believe we are running out of time. Yeah. So we were going to cut it off here um, just uh, for the brevity of time. We'll, we will do a follow up episode later on about actual aliens and alien abductions. Uh, but as of right now, thank you for joining us on this episode of It's Kind of Spooky. And join us next week as we talk about the the vampire, uh, Mercy Brown.